0: This is the Federal Chronicles radio show number 95, recorded for December 29th, 2018. John Pike and I, Eric Kingfisk, talk about toxic fanboys and the varying reviews of *Mortal Engines. And does Sky Captain the World of Tomorrow still hold up as the definitive dieselpunk movie? And we tease our next show about the season three of Man in the High Castle. You can support the show by visiting our Zazzle page. Exactly 12.5% of every purchase goes towards keeping this and other shows on the Fedora Chronicles network on the air. Coming in January, we will have our Modern Fashion is Evil line of shirts, coffee mugs, and other swag. Or you can become a Patreon. Click the Patreon link. And for a mere dollar a month, you will get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're working on, and so much more. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. this is the fedora chronicles radio show in a simulcast with the diesel punk podcast i am of course always the deacon of diesel punk which is a title john pika gave to me i am eric render kingfisk and here tonight is my co-host john pika uh, a man who needs no introduction so here he is anyway so i wanted to just start the show and and ask you what is up with Mortal Engines? Because I'm getting two different ver- two different versions of the same story. You saw it, I haven't, but I'm writing a an article about the backlash. What did you think? Go ahead and say hello.
1: Hey there, guys and gals, all you Hepcats, cool kittens, you diesel-powered disciples of cool. As Eric introduced me, I am John Pica, the artist, sometimes known as Big Daddy Cool. Um, yeah, Eric, I went and saw Mortal Engines on uh, opening day last Friday. Um, it's, it's a movie that I was really excited to see because the trailers showed a lot for retro genre punks to be excited about. Right. Um, and, and for me, it totally lived up to my expectations. The the movie is best described as a mashup of the post apocalyptic world of Mad Max, but with the with the retropunkness of Sky Captain or Sucker Punch, all wrapped around a very familiar hero's journey story. That feels a lot like Star Wars.
0: A lot of people and, have said that. Yes,
1: and but I loved it. I, I loved it in every way. Um, the visual aesthetics were phenomenal. The uh, the characters were believable and relatable, and um, the uh, the story was solid. It was a familiar story. I mean, you had. This uh, post-apocalyptic world that was ruled by an emperor, um, basically. Well, he didn't rule the world. He ruled London. And for those of you who haven't seen any of the trailers or any of the setups, in this po- post-apocalyptic world where you know humanity has developed super weapons beyond the nuclear bomb, we destroyed... All civilizations within 60 minutes in a cataclysmic event a thousand years before. And in their present, cities are now mobile. Cities are built on moving platforms, giant wheels and gears. And I mean, and London is unbelievable. And there's an emperor, this this uh, prefect who rules over London. And he's got his enforcer. Uh, very much a an emperor and Darth Vader type of relationship and uh, character trope. Um, I think that's intentional. Yeah. I, I don't think that's by accident. I think this movie was a stylized homage to... Star Wars because we have the two uh, male and female similarly aged protagonists, one who was raised in the wasteland and one who was raised in the seat of privilege, Um, but they they gender swap them. So, you know, the Princess Leia character is is a male character and the Luke Skywalker character is the girl. and you've got uh, a Han Solo character, and uh, uh, I think her name was Fang. Uh, she was a, an, an Asian pilot, uh, fighter, martial arts, samurai badass. And um, a lot of similarities, but then so many rich differences that it, it was his own original thing. And... I loved it because it's everything that we really adore about diesel punk, and for those of you who are more into steampunk, what you adore about steampunk, it it was this wonderful mashup of different eras and different styles and you know different familiar tropes. And you know I, I said this about the original about the first Pacific Rim movie. Um, I said that Pacific Rim felt like your favorite old blanket that you just love to wrap around yourself and curl up inside of. And that's how this movie felt to me. Because it it did feel familiar, but it was also brand new and original. Um, Hugo Weaving plays the villain – uh, Valentine is his name, and brilliant because he's he's 100% fully evil, but you can relate to him. You can see yourself in him. So I loved it. I, I don't. I've not read any reviews on it. I've not seen what anybody else has said because I went. And I I love the movie. It passed the restroom test for me, because I have the world's smallest bladder, and no, so my, my
0: dog Jasper has the world's smallest bladder. You have the second smallest bladder. I have to make that clear. And <laughs> as my carpets will attest.
1: Oh geez, anyone who has pets understands that pain. Yeah. But um, but you know we uh. Yeah, I I didn't once want to get up and leave. And it's a a long movie. It's like two and a half hours long. Uh, But it never felt that long. I never felt, you know, like it dragged or things could have been different. A lot of the story, a lot of the characters' arcs are told through flashback, which... um, was an interesting choice. Now there was, I I take that back. There was one, one character and one character arc story element that could have been removed and it would not have affected the story. So in that regard, it actually didn't add anything to the story and spoiler alert. It's the character arc of Shrike, the, uh, the, uh what what did they call them in the movie? The um resurrected man, kind of a a cyborg uh, zombie hybrid. Okay, so anyway, I mean, I mean, what about what he, have he, other people said?
0: Well, a lot of people are saying that this is a movie that is supposed to be the definitive steampunk movie. That's how the community has been told. How to play this up. This is the steampunk movie everybody has been waiting for. After all the other failures that we have seen in people trying to develop a steampunk movie that's going to be like the go to steampunk movie for all time, this doesn't, it fails and it lives up to expectations. And a lot of people who that I regard as the definitive authorities on what is and what isn't steampunk. I'm talking about the, the the good people, the good leaders. I'm not talking about the cultists, the people who are trying to turn it into steam cult, the good steampunk people out there saying that this movie failed, and a lot of people are upset with the notion that that they missed an opportunity. It's missing some of the whimsical elements of Steampunk. It's not as um, optimistic. It's very dystopic. Um, and a lot of the complaints that some of the steampunks have said about this movie is that it's more diesel punk or post apocalyptic punk than anything else. And I'm kind of like. I, ah. I, well, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say because I've been waiting to see this movie. It's a holiday season. Work has gotten in the way. I haven't had the opportunity to, to run away and see it yet. And I don't know what... And I don't know. Is this going to be something that I can take the boys to see? And yes. Okay. Are they going to fall asleep? And, you know, or is this... I,
1: I don't know. I, how old are they?
0: 14 and 16.
1: Oh, God. No, they'll love it. Look, I, I would agree with the criticism from the steampunk community this movie is not a definitive steampunk film it's got a lot and i mean a lot of diesel era diesel punk aesthetics a lot of it especially in the aircraft um there's a there's a a scene where they're um they're making uh, these Aircraft, these planes—they're planes. Yep, are making an assault on London, um, but it's a, a reverse situation of the uh, of the Nazi invasion or, or attack yeah. on London. Yeah. It's it's you know, turn uh, it's it's reversed. Um, but you get a, a real sense of that, and um, yeah, I, I mean. I would not call it a steampunk movie. There are a lot of things that steampunks will like. Um, but overall, it is, I would call it a, a post apocalyptic dystopian movie with diesel punk aesthetics.
0: Okay. I I don't know what to say about that, you know, because you're the expert. You're the one who's seen the movie. And I'm I'm reading a lot of the criticisms. And and there's a lot of news stories. It's like Mortal Engines is going to lose $150 million. And they're looking at who to blame. Well, I
1: can tell you who to blame. Okay. The marketing department of the studio, they, they have not marketed this movie at all. In any kind of, uh, you know, in any kind of uh, quantifiable way, it, it reminds me of the marketing effort on uh, John Carter.
0: Yes, or a and lack thereof.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I was only aware of this because, you know, I saw the trailer about a year ago, fell in love with what I saw on the screen. Yep. And, and so I've kept it on my radar and, uh, you know, been waiting for it. But, yeah, um, it, it, it's not been marketed. They released it on the worst possible day. They Because they released it on the same day that it's going head-to-head with Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Right. Which every fan, every critic is saying... This is the penum penum the ultimate Spider-Man movie, the best Spider-Man movie ever made. Um, I disagree with that, by the way. But um, you know the the reviews and the raves for Into the Spider-Verse have completely sucked all of the oxygen out of the room. And I think this movie was uh, Warner Brothers, Legendary Pictures. Okay. And. They've got a history of these missteps and not being able to market these really big, epic type movies very well. Um, I, I, you know, I, that's who to blame because the, I feel like the movie's w- well written, it's well acted, the visuals are stunning. It is. It is just a masterpiece to watch, um, and, and I said in my initial review after coming out of the theater that, you know, for me, this is what Hollywood is for. These are the kind of movies that Hollywood was made to to make. So, I don't know.
0: I'm at a loss. I'm at you a. You need
1: to go see it.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's, it is It is one of those things where it was just like, it, it's one of those things that I have to do. I'm trying to get the time, Um, get the, just be able to go and see it, find the time to see it. And it was just like every every time you, you turn around, here's one thing that you have to do and another thing you have to do. And, and it's the end of the year and you have a whole bunch of other things that you have to take care of. And it's also the Christmas season. And there's a... T- it, and I know that it sound like I'm making a lot of excuses. This is something that it's like, I was dying to see this movie until I read some of the complaints from the other steampunks out there who were angry and disappointed about this. And then well, this also couples on to, you, no, go ahead, you say what you're going to say and then, because what I'm going to say we're, is going to take us on a different topic. Go ahead.
1: Well, no, I think it's going to take us, I am think I'm going to segue to your topic. Okay. the The problem is, that no matter what was put out, the steampunk community was not going to be happy because th- there's no way to please everybody. And, and you know, we're, we're at this weird place in fandom where everybody believes that their vision and their expectations have to be met. And if it's not met exactly the way they envisioned it, the way they dreamed it would be, then it's absolute garbage and not worth the spit on the sidewalk. And that's just absolutely not true. And and we get these basement-dwelling keyboard warriors who- I think you're
0: being generous, but okay.
1: Yeah, but who who just tear everything down we're at this place where fandom doesn't want to build anything up they they just want to tear 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 down and divide and split and be butt hurt in their own little corner and retreat into their safe space and you know nobody's happy everything is awesome eric and nobody's happy about it
0: never before have we had so much great media to enjoy there's never been a better time to be a star wars fan i i i don't think i i could i could be wrong but i remember when every little morsel of of star wars was parceled out and it was savored when star wars was re-released in the movie theater it was an event all over again. You had to go see it again in the movie theater. And I think that it was like it, it, ha- it was released in '77, and then again 78. and then again in '79, in my, in my hometown alone, I think it was released, re-released every year, '77, '78, '79. And then in 1980, the Empire Strikes Back came out. And then between nineteen eighty, Star Wars, and The Empire Strikes Back, I think were also re released before the release of Return of the Jedi, and then and, and it was a huge thing when when the special editions came out. It was a huge it was a huge thing. It was a huge event, um, and I remember the lines going around the theater to see Star Wars special edition. Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. Everybody had to see, you know, the the new changes. People went and they went in droves to get the the the, the latest VHS editions. And then it's like I mean, and then, you know, in the say what you want about the prequels. People made a big deal out of the prequels. And it, it, it The whole thing was, we haven't had Star Wars in a long time. No matter how bad the movies were, people went to go see them. Now, we have... Every, it seems like for the past five years, we've had at least one Star Wars movie. A year. And it was just like... And, it, it, and because... People, it, people had this grand idea of what The Force Awakens was going to be. And it, and it didn't live up to everybody's fan, fanboy expectation. I thought, it was, I thought it was a beautiful homage to the original. And it had an original story. And it sort of had... It had Han Solo as the Ben Kenobi, in the Ben Kenobi role. And it was... People were like... I'm flabbergasted at how people didn't like it. And there were a couple of twists that i'm like oh my god they they did that they went there they made made princess leah's and han solo's son the bad guy and it, and it was less like oh it's like oh it's like we want the same no we want something different no we want the, something different the same and they don't they don't know what they want and it was and and, and i and i wrote this in my in my rant that i think that you had already referenced 2018 the year toxic fanboys made contact people don't know what to think about a movie until they find out what the rest of the nerds and the geeks think about it and then they after they download their opinion about a movie then they're able to say whether or not they liked it or hated it on social media um and i I, i chronicled this one event where somebody went to the movie theater, loved it, cried three or four times, went home, read what the other dorks were saying about it on Reddit, and all of a sudden he hated the movie after what he read on Reddit. And it was just like, yes or no, did you like the movie? Yes or no, before you found out what the other dorks said about it. That to me, that is huge for people to wait and see what their opinion is based on what other people are saying about it. I think I, I think that's well, dis- that's despicable.
1: So here we are, Eric, in this place in fandom where there are quote unquote leaders in various communities that you know they they hold these opinions and these positions and if you don't go along with them you are persona non grata so you've got these flocks of lemmings who adopt those opinions or adopt those positions and really tiptoe around in fear walking on eggshells that if they express their own individuality their own opinion that they're going to be squashed and it's it's a bad place for us to be
0: And you and I have experienced that exact same thing where it's like we have had controversial opinions about things in the media, in fandom. And we have said opinions that go against the grain of the consensus, as it were, the consensus that was put forth by other leaders of the community.
1: Well, but and, and it's not even a consensus. It's it's a, a small handful here in Nashville, for example. I'll just I'm not going to go into details, but there's four or five people who control the hive mind of the Nashville pop culture yeah. geek culture community. And if you don't agree with those four or five people, if you if you veer off their path, uh, well, forget it. You are you are on the outs.
0: You're done. Yes. And and what sort of what what is that doing to the community? That's stifling creative thought or critical thought. Whereas I would like to be able to Publisher a, a, a review, a review 15 years re- retrospective of Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. It's been at least 15 years since Sky Captain was released.
1: And I'd like Golly, to. Golly, that's impossible to believe. I know it's true, but yeah. man, it's.
0: Rewatch the movie, look at it again and see if whether or not it still holds up. Does it hold up as a definitive movie of Dieselpunk? Is it the go-to movie for Dieselpunk that you and I say that it is? Can we look at it critically 15 years later? And can we say something that goes against the, uh, the consensus that the common nerd geek community has adopted thanks to the other leaders in the geek, nerd, dork community. Can we actually buck the system and say what it is that we really think? I'm not saying let's buck the system and say things that we don't believe just because we want to get a rise out of people. I'm saying let's let's really say what it is that we want to say about this movie and let the cards fall where they may. Say what you really think about this movie 15 years after the fact. Is it still the movie that we say it is? And it was like, if it's not, if, an, if another movie has taken its place, then we should be able to say Sky Captain 4 and the World of Tomorrow, for a, it had a good run as being the definitive movie, but it's not the definitive diesel punk movie anymore. This other movie is and see what happens well, see how people react and it's like if but the thing is is like if some if if people are going to like virtually stone us in cyberspace because our opinion doesn't mesh with the group collective then there's a problem there if we're being honest
1: well yeah and let me just say as someone who watches sky captain in the world of tomorrow on a fairly regular basis. It's in my rotation. Yeah. Um, I will say that on on whole, it holds up really well. There are some places now that I notice some of the graphics are not as clean or as uh, realistic as they would be if it were made today. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's still got that look it's got that feel it's got all of the elements and i keep looking eric you you and i have been doing this together long enough to know that i keep looking for the next definitive diesel punk movie um because at some point it is true that sky captain becomes so dated that you know people look maybe maybe not maybe maybe they'll look at us and go okay I, I see what you were going for here but um i don't know if that will happen or if it does happen maybe it does i don't know because i really to be quite honest with you eric i don't care about other people's opinions i'm too yeah. much of a narcissist so uh, <laughs> you know you know i i think what i think and you know to hell with everybody else yeah but um and that's gets me in a lot of trouble. But, but it served you well you know, too.
0: It served you well too, yeah, but go ahead.
1: Yeah, yeah, it has. And and you know, is it the definitive diesel punk movie today? Yes. With with Rocketeer and Captain America the First Avenger in close second place. Okay. In my opinion. Okay. Now some people would put, put Dark City um up in second place. Yeah. Um you know, other people might put something else, but you know, right now, Sky for for all intents and purposes, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow is still the king of the mountain for diesel punk movies. And you know, I was I was looking for Shape of Water to be the next one. Right. And Shape of Water is an amazing movie. I love that movie, mm-hmm. but but it just didn't have what it took to really bump sky captain off i was looking for overlord to be that next movie right and again overlord was a great movie it had a lot of rich historical context and these these you know the the story built around events that really happened
0: the thing that i wanted to be able to say about overlord is that overlord is the greatest movie that you're ever going to get in the genre, the subgenre of dieselpunk or biopunk Nazi zombie movies. You're never going to see a better film in that category ever again. Now, I don't th- I don't think that that's the case with dieselpunk. I don't think that there there can never be a never uh, there could never be a good dieselpunk movie that is as good as Sky Captain the World of Tomorrow. Um Lost City, Captain America: The First Avenger, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, I think that it's there. It, there's potential out there for other alternative, um, diesel alternative history movies out there. Um, and I think that a, a perfect example. I think that the greatest diesel punk television show of all time today is Man in the High Castle. And I I had I just finished season three about two weeks ago, and I think that maybe now is the time that you and I bite the bullet and have our our spoiler copia review of Man in the High Castle.
1: Let's do it, man.
0: Um so I'm gonna come right out and say here that I really love season one. Season one was, was perfect. It was a great way to kick off the series. Season two was the perfect follow-up to season one. It went even further into the, I can't believe they did that. I can't believe that they went in that direction. They did it anyway. And this season, I cannot believe I'm saying this. This season was even better than the last two. This has been the Fedora Chronicles radio show and a co-production of the Dieselpunk podcast. You can find out more about us by going to our websites, thefedorachronicles.com and dieselpunks.com. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. You can find these links on our homepages. Be sure to visit our sponsors, Chester Cordite, Landrin Artifacts, and the Trinity Whip Company. Also, check out the friends of our show, Penman hats and reconstructing history. Once again, this is Eric Rinder King Fisk signing off. And keep your chins up and your fedoras on.